Oh man, are you guys in for a treat today? Welcome to your football fantasy. What's up, cock gobblers? Welcome back to another episode of your football fantasy. I'm Dweez Nuts. I am your host. And if you listen real closely, nothing. That's right. I'm here alone today. Big Wiz couldn't be here. He had, I don't know what the fuck he had to do that was more important than this, to be honest with you. But whatever. Fuck him. He's gone. We're here. That just means uh, I'm right and there's nobody here to tell me anything otherwise. So yeah, you guys are in for a treat. You're going to hear some unadulterated, uninterrupted dweez nuts for the next 30 or 45 minutes. Uh, we're going to be talking AFC West value picks. We're going to be talking AFC West overvalued picks. Give you some uh, quality teams and quality players as opposed to last week's utter fucking trash heap of a division. It's going to be a good one. But before we get there, as always, let's jump into the news. This week in football. Some shit went down. One big signing. I suppose we can consider it a big signing. Is it a big signing anymore? I just don't know. Brandon Marshall signed by the Seattle Seahawks. Perhaps the most interesting thing about this whole deal was that Brandon Marshall started putting this out on Instagram, on Twitter, several hours before the Seattle Seahawks or anybody in the NFL was able to uh, verify that. So it was interesting. Of course, it's Brandon Marshall, so that's just sort of the shit he does. Guy's 34 years old at this point. In his life, that's pretty fucking old. As Wiz and I have both pointed out on the show previously, Brandon Marshall can't really get open anymore. Uh, His game is more of, uh, let me just push you around and throw my 6 foot 5, 230 pound frame in front of you, box out, and make whatever catches with some of the strongest hands the NFL has seen in a long time. Uh, that's, That's what he does. You know, Seattle might be the only team in the NFL that could potentially turn out to be something positive for Brandon Marshall. The landing spot is solid. A guy like Marshall who can't run the routes has lost some steps, has lost some quickness, needs to just be able to use that body. That's 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 a red zone target, okay? And we all know in Seattle, Jimmy Graham got it done last year. Same situation as an uh, aging NFL player. He was having a hard time getting open, but you don't need to get open in the end zone nearly as much as anywhere else on the field. So does Brandon Marshall step in here, take over some of those red zone targets that Jimmy Graham vacated? Yeah, absolutely possible. This is, uh, like I said, the only... S- place the only landing spot for Brandon Marshall I think that made really any sense now you know Nick Vanette or this Disley guy were some tight ends on Seattle that could have maybe played that role as a bigger body there aren't any receivers prior to the Marshall signing that could do that 
Doug Baldwin's not a big dude. He's not a short yardage guy. He's not a box out guy. Uh, Lockett, come on. He's a speed demon. That's about it. I don't even know if there's anybody else on this team at wide receiver before Marshall comes into town. But Vanette and Disley, I don't, I just don't know. We haven't really seen them. They're young kids. They may be great in the NFL one day, but certainly nobody's itching to get them out on the field to watch them explode. So does Brandon Marshall end up with these end zone targets? Do one of these other two guys end up with the end zone targets? Maybe it's Rashad Penny who ends up with the end zone targets. So one of the other myriad of big running backs. Who knows? You know, It could even come down to what it did last year, Russell Wilson doing everything by himself in the red zone. But again... The only landing place that could even make me consider talking about Brandon Marshall had to be Seattle. Uh, that said, do I want him on my fantasy team? Uh, uh, no, I am certainly not going to be drafting Brandon Marshall anywhere. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, right now his ADP is somewhere in the stratosphere, way beyond wide receiver 65. So, yeah, you can get him really late, you know, if you don't take some of these some of these rookies coming out or some of these younger guys, if you're not one of these fantasy players who likes to take risk on young kids cuz you haven't seen him do it before, maybe Brandon Marshall's a late round guy for you with the potential for some fantasy upside. You've heard Wiz say it a 100,000 times if you've listened to an episode or two of the show. Upside is important touchdowns are important in the NFL, and if you can get your upside as end zone upside, then I suppose Wiz would be on board. What does he think? I'd tell you, but uh, yeah, he blew off work today, so he he's not here. Sorry. Sorry about your luck. As far as the other wide receivers on the team, I don't think it affects Baldwin or Lockett at all. Again, the, the kind of targets that those two guys are looking for are very different than the kind of targets Brandon Marshall takes. It'll likely affect these two tight ends. Who knew which one was going to be the starter going into the season anyway? I don't think that they're going to be very relevant. I don't think either is going to be drafted on in your uh, in your league. So whatever, fuck it. In other news, I am up to two hundred plus Twitter followers just this week. Yay me! If you're not following me yet, go do so. It's at Dweez Nuts. On Twitter, that's a lot of Z's, D-W-E-E-Z-E-N-U-T-Z. Follow me, just follow me, follow me. While you're following me, go over to any podcast platform in the world. Find our podcast, Your Football Fantasy. Subscribe to the show, guys. We're a, we're a short listen each week. I think we're entertaining. Go do that. While you're there, you know, you've got tons of time on the internet. Go write us. A review. Last week, when we got our very first review, you heard you heard me read it word for word on the air. I am a man of my word. Any five-star review will be read as is written on this show. You've just got to go write the damn review. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, these are great places to start for reviews, but if you put them anywhere, we'll find them, even if it's fucking Yelp. So go do that. Go find us on Facebook. Like our Facebook page. Share our Facebook page. The more people that share and spread the good word for your football fantasy, the faster we grow. And the faster we grow, the more fun we have. The more fun we have, the more fun you'll have listening. I 
promise. No new reviews to read for you guys this week, unfortunately. We don't have any new email questions to read for you either. You can email us anything you want to know or anything you'd like to hear us talk about at yourfootballfantasy at gmail.com. Other news, you know, not, not a lot's going on in the NFL right now. OTAs are rolling, no new injuries, but, you know, coaches are coming out to their press conferences once a week or so, and they're saying some stuff, so I figure we'll cover a few of the things that have been kicked around by coaches and coaching staffs in the NFL that may or may not have some impact on fantasy football. Look, I don't, I'm not a guy that buys into the shit. You know, it's the fucking off season, right? It's not even mandatory workouts. There's a bunch of fucking guys that aren't at these workouts. So who gives a shit what's going on right now? But uh, some in some situations when you have a new coach like in Chicago, Matt Nagy, it is interesting to hear what he thinks of the players now that he's finally got them on the field in front of him. He did come out. He was asked about Jordan Howard just this week, asked if Jordan Howard was going to be a bell cow back for the team. And Nagy made it pretty clear that, look, if the game doesn't call for a bell cow back, if the game doesn't call for Jordan Howard to have a huge workload, he's not going to get it. You know, we, uh, he's he's pretty much come out and said it's going to be game script dependent, which is not what you want to hear if you're drafting a number one running back. I believe Jordan Howard has dropped down to running back two status in ADP most places right now. Probably appropriate, and I don't think that this news if you want to call it that it's going to help his stock at all you know at one at running back two you might take jordan howard it might be a nice nice little value for you there but there's not a whole lot i like about howard this year especially with the new coaching staff and and the tendencies we expect Nagy to bring with him from andy reed's offense now in jacksonville the offensive coordinator down there nathaniel hackett did say very specifically that we've got to get Corey Grant out on the field more often in this offense in 2018. If you saw any of the play last year, you saw Corey Grant was electric. He didn't get a ton of opportunities behind a TJ Yeldon, behind a Chris Ivory whenever Fournette went down, but the kid can play. He can catch a pass out of the backfield and do work with it. Still a pretty crowded backfield. Yeldon had a great season last year, so expect him to get work when Fournette does inevitably hurt his foot and miss time again. But, uh, you know, we'll see about this Corey Grant kid. Might be somebody for your watch list. In Arizona, the coaching staff has been clear that they think Josh Rosen is very impressive right now on the field. The way that he's looking when he's getting opportunities, uh, the rare opportunity with the number one offense. In Tennessee, Corey Davis, same deal. Coaches are impressed. Who gives a shit? I haven't seen enough from Corey Davis, as I believe I mentioned last week, to really buy into the the his ADP right now and all the hype around him right now. He didn't look good last year to me. Wiz likes him a lot better than I do. We'll see what Bullfrog thinks uh, in a couple of weeks when we get to our rankings episodes. Uh, in Detroit, you know, the coaches have come out and said that they believe on Johnson is a legitimate three-down back. A lot of guys there. He may be a legitimate three-down back, but you can't argue that Theo Riddick isn't better on third down than on Johnson's going to be coming into his first year. So smoke, blowing smoke right up your skirt. I know it feels good, but guys, don't, don't, don't take too much of this to heart. Pat Shermer in New York says ODB is pretty close to being cleared. 
Uh, some of these other injured guys, coaches are saying they look fine. But again, it's it's early in the offseason, so let's not count that too much. Before we get into dumb shit, guys, because there is some dumb shit. Of course, there's some dumb shit. Just look right to the White House and you'll see where the dumb shit's coming from. But uh, before we get into that, I just want to I want to talk a little bit about our uh, next few weeks. I believe last week I told you that it was two before we get into our rankings. That's not the case. It's two now, right? So that second or third week in in June, those rankings shows will be coming out. Bullfrog will be joining us. I begged him to come and fill in for Wiz today, uh, but yeah, he's he's busy trying desperately to get it up uh, for his old lady right now at the house, so he couldn't make it. Clearly, he has issues in that department, but we'll talk more about that when he gets here. Uh, next week, we're going to talk Backfield Battleground. That's the name of next week's episode. We're going to talk more of these uh, running back by committee situations, confusing unknown backfields. We have we had a nice discussion about the Tennessee backfield the other day. There's more backfields like this that we just don't know who's going to be the guy just yet. We're going to break down some statistics for you. We're going to break down some situational stuff for you and try to make heads or tails out of this. Could be a fun argument. I, I'd imagine there's going to be some arguing going on. When I when I try to say Wayne Gallman's going to be the guy in New York, I think Wiz might have a fucking shit fit. All right, uh, yeah, so keep your eyes out and ears out for those guys. But before we get to any of that, we've got one division left, and of course, we are left with some dumb shit. And now for more dumb shit I heard this week. Oh, not just heard. This one came with a picture, guys. It was an amazing picture. Everybody's favorite 45th president of the United States, D.T. Money, had a really nice, long, and informative meeting uh, when he called Kim Kardashian into the Oval Office to have a private discussion about prison reform on Wednesday. Why? Why did this meeting happen? Well, it's because Kim is upset that this coke-dealing, coke-distributing grandmother is is still in jail after a few years. She used to try to bug Obama about this, but Barack Obama, being the intelligent man that he is, totally fucking ignored Kim K. DT Money, not so much. They had a nice conversation about it, nice discussion. I, I can't wait to see what DT comes out of this meeting and tries to do in this whole prison reform thing. Oh, maybe, maybe he'll just privatize the whole fucking thing and uh, profit from it in some way. I don't know. Pretty fucking dumb when you've got Kim Kardashian coming in to inform you on a major issue in your country. All right. Otherwise, you know, there's this whole J.R. Smith thing. I know you saw game one of the NBA Finals. Pretty fucking ridiculous. I, we don't have to rehash it here. It was fucking dumb. Then there's the inevitability of that LeBron James image being on every meme you will see until the end of the decade. I can't wait for that. What a great face. It's basketball, though, and we don't give a fuck about basketball. So, uh... Yeah, let's get into uh, let's get into the AFC West with our uh, topic of the week. I'm sure one day we will have a drop for that. We don't currently, but that's okay. Uh, AFC West, guys. I want to talk AFC West teams. I want to talk about value. I do have some stuff to share from the Bullfrog, even though he couldn't make it. So I'll be doing that throughout the show here and there. 
First team here in the AFC West that we're going to approach, the Denver Broncos, again, because we do this alphabetically. Fan-fucking-tastic. All right, so our, my best potential value pick on the Denver Broncos has got to be Case Keenum, guys. This is one of these that Wiz would disagree with, but Case Keenum's going as the quarterback 22 right now. I do want to remind you all that Case Keenum was the third most accurate quarterback in the league last year 67.6 percent accuracy is fucking amazing that is the four tied for 41st all-time greatest quarterback accuracy seasons in the nfl's history okay that's something it's only behind alex smith and drew Brees last year i realize that in previous years, those numbers didn't look the same, but I think there are other reasons for that, i.e. Jeff Fisher and a fucking shit-ass coaching staff. Every year that he's been in the league, though, Case Keenum, his accuracy has improved. Uh, he's throwing more, obviously, last year than he ever has before 22 touchdowns last year isn't a huge number and to be honest I don't expect that number to spike all that much 3,500 yards last year uh, in my projections I've got him going for a few more than that uh, not many more touchdowns than that so so he's not gonna it's not gonna come out here and blow your head off with his stats but I think he's gonna continue to be really Really accurate. He's going to take care of the ball. Only seven interceptions last year. It's pretty damn good for an entire season at a, at a starting quarterback role. You know, he's not going to end up, I don't think, as a quarterback one, but he's certainly going to be super streamable. And at 22, you're pretty much telling me that nobody's ever going to play him. He might get a week or two. No, I think this is somebody that, you know, if you've got a deep roster, could certainly sit on your roster and wait to be streamed. If you don't have a deep roster, absolutely every week he's going to be in the streamable conversation. So so keep an eye there. You know, at, at quarterback 22, like I said, there's just too much value there to pass up. Don't ignore that shit. Uh, take advantage of that. Maybe make him your second quarter. If you're waiting and going late on quarterbacks, I feel comfortable with even an Alex Smith and a Case Keenum as my two. If you don't want to pick a fucking quarterback till the twelfth round, that's I think those two guys will do you just fine, at least to get you some streaming options early uh, and lock them up on your bench. Who knows? One of these guys may go off. You know, there's a lot of people are out there saying right now that we have such a dip from the. Uh, Minnesota offense to the Denver offense this year. He's losing talent around them. I say, where's the fucking talent lost? I mean, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders on the outsides, they're fucking great. They have been for a long time. Uh, are they better than Diggs and Thielen? I don't know, but I'd certainly put them head to head and see. Maybe you don't have a Kyle Rudolph on this team. Uh, you certainly don't have a Jarek McKinnon on this team, but... I like what I like what the team's got going on. I like Case Keenum. I think he's a smart kid who's been improving every opportunity he's got, and I like him to be a whole lot better than quarterback 22 at the end of the year. Uh, I'm thinking more like quarterback 14, 15. I also like as another potential value pick here, Demarius Thomas. You know, I, I did just say that he's pretty good. His quarterback's going to be pretty good. He's going at wide receiver 19 right now. That's low. You know, guys like Amari Cooper are going ahead of him, and I don't believe that should be the case at all. I get that 
DT's 30 years old. I get that, you know, his, his reception numbers have gone down each of the past four years fairly significantly. I know that last year was the first year he played 16 games and failed to get to a thousand yards. And let's, and to be honest, my projections, I've got him failing to hit a thousand again. I know that his catch rate is relatively low. I would think he was below 60 last year. That's not what you want to see as a wide receiver, but you know, he goes downfield. I know that his yards per reception uh, have been below 12 and a half each of the last four years, declining each year. His career average is a little more than 13 and a half. So there's, uh, there are some signs that his performance is dipping, but my question is how much is that his performance dipping and how much is that is, was the fuck ass awful quarterback play in Denver last year? I'm not sure. Again, my projections have him failing to hit a thousand, increasing his touchdown number, increasing his catch rate a little bit, but decreasing his targets. You know, we've got Cortland Sutton coming into this offense to take some targets away, presumably from the two big studs. But still, wide receiver 19 is way too low uh, for DT, who's done it for a career. He's he's good. He's a solid fucking receiver, and he's absolutely worthy of a wide receiver. Two, I think a much higher wide receiver two than nineteen. You know, let's put him, let's put him around that thirteen range. I think fourteen range. Uh, there are going to be plenty of guys that that believe DT's a, a number one receiver, and I can't really argue that him being somewhere in that ten twelve range. I'll know better once I get my projections done, and I'll have our rankings for us in a couple of weeks. Uh, but for now, nineteen feels really low. Now, as far as the most overvalued player goes on this team. Devontae Booker's currently being drafted as the running back 45. Now, I know that the coaching staff has come out and said, hey, Devontae Booker is our starting running back. But I don't think anybody fucking believes Royce Freeman is not going to get the chance. You don't draft a guy the way you drafted De- Royce uh, and let him sit behind a Devontae Booker who... I know he's young. I know he's only been around for a little while, not had a ton of carries, but he's never averaged more than 3.8 yards per carry on a season. That's not good enough in the NFL, period, right? He catches he catches some balls, and he's okay out of the backfield, and I think he'd be fine as a complementary role to Royce Freeman. I, I don't see Devontae Booker eating into Royce Freeman's workload. I think Freeman gets a starting role, if not out of the gate, pretty quickly when Devontae Booker once again disappoints. So 45, I know 45 is not early, but it's too fucking early for me. I'm not interested. I don't want Devontae Booker outside of as a handcuff. And to be honest, I don't think he's that good of a handcuff because, again, when he gets his opportunities, he has not in the past capitalized on those chances, as much as the fucking coaching staff in Denver wanted him to be the guy over C.J. Anderson, it just never panned out, and poor C.J. Anderson suffered for it, so I don't want him at 45, even at 45, there's no value for me, uh, so no, no, fuck, fuck Booker, give me, uh, give me, I don't really love Royce Freeman either, to be honest with you, but I'd much rather have Royce Freeman, I think he's going around running back 32, 33, something like that, I'll take that value for sure over a Devontae Booker, who's, even if he starts, his days and his carry count is numbered. Let's move on to another team, a team that hasn't had nearly as much change, that would be the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a solid team, and I fully expect, I want to say this at the beginning, I fully expect this offense to be fucking explosive this year. 
I mean, to just absolutely shock the world with how many points they score, how much production they have as an offense. Things are going to click on this team. As far as my projections go, I finished projecting this team, and let me tell you where we're at. I've got Phillip Rivers having one of, if not his best seasons ever. We're looking at 30-plus touchdowns, nearly 4,500 yards, which isn't terribly too far off from where he's at. Of course, I do still have him throwing a lot of interceptions. That's the one knock I have against him and his offense this year is that he's always turned the ball over. He takes risks. That's okay. That being said, there's plenty of value to be had on this team. My best potential value picks here might be a shock. Keenan Allen, the guy we drafted for our Dynasty League, young cat. He's going at wide receiver number six right now, which feels like it's really high. But look, this is going to be his first full season healthy all year long. He was a number three overall wide receiver last year, and he didn't play healthy the whole season. He's coming off a great second half of the year, games 9 through 16. He was the number one overall wide receiver by a lot of points, guys. He had 21 more fantasy points than the number two wide receiver in games 9 through 16. That's the kind of production I expect him to come out of the gates with this year. He and Philip Rivers have finally connected the way that we've always wanted them to because he was back on the field for a long enough stretch that they got there. And I think Keenan Allen is absolutely an elite wide receiver in the league. I don't have him as my number one projected receiver right now, but I have him pretty fucking close. I got him projected better than Antonio Brown. And you know how I feel about Antonio Brown. At wide receiver six, Yes, please. Give me that. That's, that's, that's the guy going in the, in the middle of your second round. He's a first round value to me. I would not hesitate to draft him in the middle to back half of the first round. I'm taking my four or five running backs ahead of him if they're there. But after that, man, you gotta look to Keenan Allen because he's gonna be a stud. Another wide receiver on this team that I like value wise is Mike Williams. We know Mike Williams didn't do much of anything at all last year. But again, we know his physical traits, his talent are absolutely off the charts. He's 6'4", he's 220, he's fast as shit. He can go up and catch a ball like nobody else. In Clemson, he was magical to watch. 12% touchdown rate in college. 12 fucking percent touchdown rate in college. This is the guy that went up and high-pointed the ball over everybody in college. Deshaun Watson just threw it up in the air, and he went and got it. He's a big dude. He can play big. Hunter Henry's out for the year. Hunter Henry, the presumed guy to take over for that Antonio Gates role. We know what Phillip Rivers likes in the red zone. He likes a tight end. He likes a tight end because they're a big body. They're easy to throw to. They're easy to complete high percentage passes to down low. Mike Williams, I think, as I said last week, comes in and takes that role over. Expect his touchdown numbers to make him plenty valuable. I don't have him catching a ton of balls, you know, 70 targets, 75 targets on the year, but give him six touchdowns and he is absolutely worth putting on your team. Fuck, if you guys are playing best ball right now, you fucking better be drafting Mike Williams because he's going to have some monster games. I promise. 
So Bullfrog would like to add here that Terrell Williams, another wide receiver that the team did decide to keep on this year, they took an option out on him, has absolutely the opportunity to score some of those touchdowns and have a really big year, sort of like he did when Keenan Allen was hurt and he was the only guy left. I skipped over him talking about Allen and Mike Williams, but yeah, Terrell Williams is talented. I had him on my fantasy team that year when he went off, and it, it, it worked out okay. Now, as far as my most overvalued guys, I looked and I looked and I looked and I tried. I couldn't find anybody here. Like I said, I think this offense is going to be strong as fuck. Phillip Rivers is going as quarterback 12. I think he's going to be better than that. You know, I almost put him in the best potential value pick, but I didn't because I think these receivers were worth the time. Uh, Melvin Gordon is going as running back number nine right now, which I think is about appropriate for Melvin Gordon. I have him taken a very slight dip next year, scoring a few less touchdowns than he has. Still solid on my dynasty, our dynasty fantasy team. Uh, Bullfrog did have something to add. He just, he agrees with what we said last week. He thinks he's going to get a lot more catches because of the Hunter Henry thing. Uh, So running back nine might end up being a a pretty good spot to get him value-wise if that does happen. My guess is that Bullfrog would tell you to grab Gordon at nine if you get the opportunity to. Uh, But I don't think anybody's really overvalued. Those are the guys that are going high, and I think that's about where they belong. So let's move on, shall we? Let's go ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs. Whenever you lose a starting quarterback, you lose an offensive coordinator, it gets tricky to make predictions about what's really going to happen. I know Andy Reid's been the play caller, is going to be the play caller. But Nagy had something to do with that offense. And Alex Smith certainly had something to do with that offense. And let's be honest, guys. Patrick Mahomes is nothing like Alex Smith as a quarterback. I don't expect this offense to look a whole lot like it has in the past. Andy Reid, as much as I dislike him as a coach, he 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 knows how to game plan for his quarterback's strengths. So, so expect things to be a little bit different. As a result, though, of this turmoil, Sammy Watkins coming in, uh, I don't really have a best potential value pick here because I don't, I just don't know what to expect from this offense. Mahomes is going quarterback 17. That's fine. I'm not going to draft Patrick Mahomes. I know there's people out there that love him and want him early and want him in everything and want him in best ball like crazy right now and want him on dynasty teams. But show me something first. Mahomes did play a little bit last year, and he was very underwhelming. Kareem Hunt's going at running back seven. I like him a little bit better than that, maybe, but certainly not enough to make him a really great value pick. Tyreek Hill's at wide receiver 12 right now. If I were to pick anybody to to put in my uh, best potential value pick, if I absolutely had to, somebody twisted my arm, it would have to be Tyreek Hill. Uh, You know, Tyreek Hill last year was... uh, just awesome. You know, if you're talking about PPR, I don't. I think he falls off just a little bit from some of these guys because he doesn't touch, catch a ton, ton of balls. But Tyreek Hill ended wide receiver nine last year in, in PPR. In standard scoring leagues, Tyreek Hill ended up number four last year. He catches a deep pass. I guess Mahomes is really good at throwing the deep pass. So will he be, will he be solid? Maybe. Will he be better than 12? Yeah, there's a good chance he ends up as a wide receiver number one. 
next year. Am I going to bank on it? No. Sammy Watkins is going as wide receiver 32. I think that's probably about right for him. What kind of role on his this offense will he have? We don't know. Kelsey's going as tight end too. Again, feels obvious. Last year, he had way more touchdowns than he has in any of his years previous. So I, there's a chance that we see a touchdown dip there. With Mahomes coming in, we know Alex Smith loved to throw it to Kelsey, loved to throw it to... There were games where he just, for an entire half, he only targeted Travis Kelsey there near the back half of the season. Will that happen again? I don't know. Certainly no value at the tight end, two for Travis Kelsey, even as good as he is. Now, I do have a most overvalued player here for you guys, and this is Spencer Ware. I love Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt absolutely, in my eyes, has this starting role and is going to end up getting the vast majority of the touches on this team. I know a lot of people think that Spencer Ware is going to come back and eat into those carries. We think about the beginning of last year at the offseason, the team was talking about splitting carries between the two. But that was before Kareem Hunt came and led the fucking league in rushing. He won the fucking rushing title last year as a rookie. Let's not forget that, guys. I know he had some off weeks, but he produced. He was efficient with the ball, man. Spencer Ware's not going to come in and take those numbers over. All that set aside, Spencer Ware's not back on the fucking field yet. He's not practicing. He's not running yet. He blew his knee out last year, and for whatever reason, his recovery is not going well. They're not saying a lot about it, but... It's just not going well. So do I want Spencer Ware even at running back 55? Fuck no. Look, even if he comes back and plays in week one, which we'll see, is he gonna, is he gonna do, is he gonna do anything? No. He's gonna be relegated to the bench, just like every running back on the Kansas City Chiefs not named Kareem Hunt should be. Because Kareem Hunt is a stud. And believe me, it hurts me to say that he's a Toledo Rocket, and that drives my Bowling Green State University Falcon ass self nuts to say. Bullfrog's got some concerns about Kareem Hunt. He thinks he's gonna end up an average running back, even though he may have a few more catches coming out of the backfield there's a chance that he might put him at an overvalued player here if he's going at running back seven I don't know we could talk to him about it in a couple of weeks now I will caveat this whole conversation and say if Kareem Hunt did in fact knock down that woman or push her or do whatever they're sort of alleging he did and it gets back to the NFL and the NFL decides it's worth a suspension We'll talk about who's going to take that time, but it's early. You don't know anything about it yet. I haven't mentioned it in news yet because it's barely even news. For me, Hunt's the fucking man until proven otherwise. We're already on the last team here. God damn, this goes a lot quicker without Wiz to just fucking rattle off his bullshit nonsense. The Oakland Raiders, I gotta tell you guys, I think the Oakland fucking Raiders are going to be the joke of the NFL this year. The absolute joke. All thanks to John Gruden. Oh, Chucky and your dumb fucking 2002 ways. It's kind of been hilarious for me to sit back and watch what he's doing with this team. It's not going to go well, guys. I'm just putting it out there. It's not going to go well. All that said, there's some value here. If you've been listening to the show at all, you kind of have an idea, I think, who I'm going to choose as my best potential value pick. That is running back Jalen Richard. 
he's going outside the top 62 running backs right now, which pretty much just means he's not being drafted. So if you want him, real fucking easy to get him. And I'll tell you what, guys, I want him. I really wanted him on our dynasty team. Didn't get a chance to get him, but whatever. Here's some interesting bits about Jalen Richard. In his career, 5.5 yards per carry. 5.5 yards per carry. Remember Devontae Booker, who is the alleged starter on his team right now? 3.8 last year, 3.6, I think, over the course of his career. Richard's at 5.5. He was fourth best in the league last year in yards per carry behind Alvin Kamara, Deion Lewis, <clears throat> Deion fucking Lewis, and Aaron Jones. He was fourth best in yards per carry last year. That's solid. Let me ask you this question. Where were Beast Mode and Doug Martin, the two quote-unquote stud running backs on this team, and last year's yards per carry count? Well, Marshawn Lynch had a respectable 4.3, which is which is good, especially for somebody who was 31 years old. Doug Martin, on the other hand, Doug Martin, who I read somebody say it looks like Doug Martin might get the starting role this year. Doug Martin had 2.9 yards per carry last year. Year before that, 2.9. Twice in his six-year career has he been over four. Otherwise, it was 3.6, 3.7, but 2.9 in the last two. I told you 3.8 for Devontae Booker was not good enough for the NFL. How the fuck does Doug Martin have a job? DeMarco Murray hasn't been signed yet. How the fuck has Doug Martin been signed? I get that he's younger, but oh my god, muscle hamster just can't move. Anyway, uh, Jalen Rashard will catch passes, I promise you that. Even if he's not the starting guy there, he's going to catch passes. That's something, again, Doug Martin can't do with nine total catches last year. Just 20 for Marshawn Lynch. He's a little too old for that role. Jalen Rashard can do it, will do it. If he, if he, if he's sitting on the bench for most of the plays, he'll come in for those passing downs, or at least he should. Jalen Rashard is the only running back option on this team with a positive production premium. Uh, remember, production premium just looks at this running back versus all other running backs in the league given similar situations, in similar situations. If you're at a zero, that means you are absolutely average amongst the league and how the other guys at your position would do in the opportunities that you had. There's only one guy on this team with a plot positive production premium. That's Jalen Richard. He's plus 28.1, guys. That was that's ninth best in the NFL last year. That's fucking good. Would you care to know where old Doug Martin and Beast Mode were in production premium last year? I'll tell you. Because I know you want to know. Beast Mode ended up at a negative 6.4, which was 47th best in the league. We hear a lot he had a big year last year, but ah, production premium doesn't say so relative to the other backs in the league. How about Dougie Doug? Smooth Doug Martin. Well, how about a negative 32.1? 81st best running back in the league according to this production premium number. And he's the fucking guy that they brought in to challenge for the starting role when Jalen Richard, 28.1 in the positive, is on the bench? That's fucked up. 
this guy not only needs to be drafted a lot higher than running back 62, he needs to be the starting running back on that team, period. Let me die on that cross if I need to. It's a fact. He is the best running back on this team. You can tell when you watch the fucking games he's the best running back on that team. You know who can't? John Gruden. That's why he's awful at his job. Bullfrog agrees that the running back options in Oakland uh, a total shit show. I don't know what he thinks about Jalen Richard specifically. Maybe we'll ask him in a couple of weeks, but these other guys just fucking stay away from him. Anyway, let's move on. Most overvalued player on this team? Well, that's that's got to be uh, Jordy Nelson. I know Jordy Nelson is going right now as wide receiver 35. So, you know, he's a third wide receiver on your team. I know if Wiz were sitting here, he'd say, I'd love Jordy as the third wide receiver on his team. I personally would not. A couple days ago, Jordy Nelson turned 33 years old. Last year in the NFL, he had a significant decline in the following statistical categories. Targets, catches, yards per completion, touchdowns, catches per game, completion percentage, targeted air yards, air yard team share, DYAR and DVOA, which are two football outsider stats that basically say per play and overall in a game, what's this guy's value? Yeah, last year, guys, in 15 games, I know Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, but only 88 targets. That's half of the previous year. 53 catches, which was a three point decline in his catch rate. Only 480 yards. That is 800 yards less than his previous season. More than a thousand yards less than two seasons ago. 9.1 yards per reception. That's a four yard decrease from last year and a six yard decrease from his average prior to the year. Only six touchdowns. Six touchdowns seems like a lot. I think that number goes down this year in Oakland because Oakland's a terrible, terrible team. Guys, Jordy Nelson's over. The Green Bay Packers knew it when they decided not to pay him his contract. The only dumb fuck who didn't realize it, was John Gruden, who thinks he's still living in 2003. It feels nice to say that Jordy Nelson sucks, too, as a Bear fan. I gotta be honest with you. Overrated at 35. I don't want him on my team. I would maybe consider Jordy Nelson in a best ball league, because he may have a game where he scores a couple of touchdowns, or a, you know, a nice deep touchdown and some yards in there. He's a guy that you can get pretty late in these best ball leagues, uh, and he may have a game or two, but no fucking way do I want him on any year-long roster. You know, I may consider him in a daily lineup every now and then, looking at, uh, defensive matchups that he's got you know I don't like Amari Cooper on this team either so I, the whole team's going to be garbage Jordy Nelson's going to be garbage period okay all right guys so that's our uh that's our final division the AFC West I will ask Wiz if he's got anything to add next week we'll have a conversation about it Last order of business before we leave has got to be the stat of the week. We're going to do it a little differently this week, obviously, because, well, I'm not him. And there's nobody sitting next to me to guess what the fucking answer to the question is. So I'm not going to give you a question. I'm just going to give you a different, interesting statistic. Big whiz on his stat of the week. Here's one that I found to be a little bit unexpected. Last year in the NFL, there were only nine running backs in the league 
that had more than 50% of their own team's rushes inside the red zone. Okay, So in other words, most teams in the NFL split their red zone carries relatively evenly. Only nine guys had more than 50% just to themselves. Three of the top five came out of the AFC West. Number five, Marshawn Lynch had 66.7% of his team's red zone rushing attempts. That's not terribly surprising. Number four was Lev Bell. Number three was Todd Gurley. Number two, highest team market share red zone rushing attempts with 70.4% of those carries, Kareem Hunt. Kansas City Chiefs, and the number one player in the league with the most, the highest percentage of his team's red zone carries, Melvin Gordon of the Los Angeles Chargers was 73.1% of those carries. Those are impressive numbers when you're looking for running backs on your team that might have an opportunity to score points. That's big time. You don't really love to have a between-the-20s-only guy This division has running backs and has coaches that like to use those running backs inside the red zone pretty heavily. Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, we talked about them as top 10 guys. I just told you that Marshawn Lynch was getting too fucking old to do this anymore. But even if all things aligned and Jalen Rashard got the starting role, you got to imagine Marshawn Lynch beast mode himself who, as the Seattle Seahawks showed us a few years ago in the Super Bowl, is not actually a really great goal line running back, is probably still going to touch the ball inside the 20 quite a lot. Three of the top five came from this division. If you're curious to know where the highest Denver running back, that would be C.J. Anderson. He had 38.5% of his team's rushing attempts inside the 20. And he's gone. So we'll see what happens there. I thought that was an interesting stat. I don't know if it quite lived up to Big Wiz and his shit, but there you go. I'm going to leave. Before I do, please go write us a review, follow us, subscribe, share, do whatever you can to help us grow this show. Yeah, I'm, uh, all right, I'm bored. I'm lonely. I'm going to go have a drink in the corner of my basement all by myself and wallow in my own self-pity. So, uh, yeah, fuck off. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Do us a favor by subscribing on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, and share our Facebook page. And leave reviews everywhere to let people know just how much you love us. We'll see you back next week to make more of your fantasies come true.